Hey everyone, this is Erin Harrigan, the Hustle with Heart Coach, welcoming you to the podcast that helps entrepreneurs align results with God's truth. My mission is to free you from the struggle of how to bridge faith and business as a God-centered entrepreneur and to equip you to pursue success God's way. When that happens, we experience the joy of building a fruitful business that honors Him and serves His people. So let's get started. Do you ever feel like you need some special equipping or instructions to dig into God's Word? Well, today's guest on our Entrepreneur Interview Series wants to encourage you that all you need is what the Holy Spirit has given you. Join me in this conversation with Ashley Taylor as we unpack her entrepreneurial journey and see what she's got to say about her mission to help women understand that they're fully equipped to know and love God. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode in the Hustle with Heart Entrepreneur Interview Series. You know, I love to bring you other God-centered entrepreneurs, business owners, etc., and to share with you the message of what it looks like to hustle with heart in their world. And I am thrilled to bring you today's guest. I met Ashley Taylor at the Proverbs 31 She Speaks Conference in 2019. And it's amazing to me how a brief conversation over lunch can turn into the usual, right? Like, I'll follow you, you follow me. But then to be exposed to leaders for the Lord. And I've been so inspired and empowered and equipped in what Ashley has shared. So I asked her to join us today on the Hustle with Heart podcast. So Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad you're here today. So thrilled to have you. I would love, we have so much to talk about you guys. So um, I'm not sure, like, I don't know if this will be a usual length podcast, um, but if we need to go longer, we'll make a, you know, a okay. part two. Um, but Ashley, I'd love to start, just tell us a little bit about you, who you are, yeah. um, where you are, you know, mm-hmm. all those good things. Okay. Well, I'm Ashley Taylor, like you said, and I live in Edmond, Oklahoma. So right in the Bible Belt of America. And I have four sons. They're like pretty young, three, ages three to 10. Um, and they're all in school this year. So instead of just like enjoying my time of leisure, you know, as one might when their kids go to school, I enrolled full time in school. I actually started last year. Um, I got married when I was young, when I was 19. And at the time I just wanted to be a mom. And that was a delightful season to raise kiddos, be a stay-at-home mom. And um, but now I'm going back to school. I'm in an undergrad program at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary um, for my biblical studies degree. And then I'm also pursuing my master's pretty simultaneously with that in um, either master's of divinity or master's of theology. So I love going to school. It's fun to do it. There's, you know, all of us, except for my husband are in school right now, and that's fun and crazy. Um, and then besides that, I just um, do a little bit of work from home. I do social media marketing. And then what I love to do that I don't get paid for <laughs> is writing. I love to write and um, really teach the Bible, which is great because I'm learning to do it better. Sometimes I want to go back and erase everything that I did before I went to school as I learn new things like, oh, that wasn't right. <laughs> but I don't. I just trust that the Lord can still use those things. Um, but that's what I love. I love writing. I love teaching. And that's really what I'm ultimately wanting to do with the degree that I have. I'm a million years when I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When we met at She Speaks, I Mm -hmm. think you were engaged in writing. I think you were Mm -hmm. there to talk about a book. And so I'd love to hear um, what what that is about and and sort Mm -hmm. of 
your journey that led to you writing what yeah. maybe eventually will be a book for you. Um, sure. yeah. and how, like, yeah, let's start there. Cause there's so many things we can talk about. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I went to, so I went to Shweema and she speaks 2019, like you said. And then for context, that was the summer of 2019. I started school in the fall of 2019. No idea when we met that, that, that would be the next step for me. Um, what I pitched at she speaks when I had author appointments was a book, basically about, I'm looking at it because I have the page up here. It, the concept of the book with was with Christ, it is possible to overcome a stronghold of food in your life. Um, I have always wanted to write and speak and teach and lead women in ministry. It started as a calling when I was a young teenager. I really wanted to do like purity um, speaking. That was what was so popular, like in the early 2000s. Um, but then I just felt very disqualified from that calling for a long season. I'm very much like zeroed in on being a mom. And then um, as I had my fourth kid and I lost all that baby weight, I, I lost a hundred pounds. And it was the second time that I had lost a hundred pounds. And the first time I really had done a lot of work to work through the psychology of why was I struggling with gaining weight in the first place. And the second time I really felt like I was doing a lot of work to meet the Lord in the journey. And so what I wanted to share in that book concept was like what I said with Christ, it's possible to overcome a stronghold of food in your life. And so I had a concept and I pitched it to some people and everyone I talked to at She Speaks really loved the concept. So I know that this is something women of all shapes and sizes would love to read more about. It's something I still do want to share. Um, But when I got to the publisher appointment, anyone who writes knows like the number one thing they say is, well, your platform's not big enough because you have to have, you know, a bajillion followers and that's whatever. But that aside, she had also said to me, it would be really great if you took this and made it like a Bible study and took it to your church. And then you could bring us data. You could bring us results. Like Mm -hmm. she basically said, and it hurt my feelings at the time, but it's okay. She was like, it's great that this worked for you. This concept of with Christ, you can overcome strongholds with food, but we don't know that it would work for every woman. So we don't want to go publish it as a book. That's like factual, even though I didn't want to talk about diet stuff. I just wanted to talk about spiritual. Mm -hmm. Um, She was like, we don't really want to publish that unless you have some more women who are like me too, me too. It can work. Um, So she said no. And I, I felt disappointed. I actually was just talking to a friend this morning whose agent was like, I don't think that this is going to be a good book. And you have this grief and you have this disappointment. And we feel that with anything. We don't have to write to have a bad experience where we're just like, oh, I worked hard for something. I have a dream and now the dream's crushed. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I came home and I thought, well, I need to write a Bible study. And so I pulled out some devotional content I had written on it. And I just was thinking through the scripture and I was like, I don't know if I'm contextually using these scriptures accurately. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I'm misquoting the Bible here, if I'm warping the Bible to make it what I want to say, which I now know is eisegesis when you insert yourself into the scripture and you make it say what you want to say. Um, And so that's when I started thinking about, well, if I'm going to write a Bible study, maybe I want a bit more of a Bible education. Um, And so I started looking at online seminaries and I'm a Southern Baptist and one of our Southern Baptist ones had that program available. And so that became my next step. And um, yeah, I honestly, just a few months ago, I this whole book popped back into my brain like a year later and I'm struggling with food again. And um, this, this, it came back. And for the first time it came back in like a layout form, like how it could look, but more like a Bible study. Like I thought about it and I thought about like, 
people in the Bible we could look at. And so I wrote it all down like quickly because things come to me when I'm walking or running, you know, in the worst times, I guess it's better than the shower. So I like type notes while I'm running or something. And I, I wrote everything down really quickly and I've just been sitting on it, praying about it. Um, my church is generous. Our women's ministry director has said to me, you know, if you write something like that, we can do it. And so I love that. I'm grateful for that. Um, but then school started and <laughs> sure, who has time to write now, but I do very much still feel like the Lord has that for me. But like I told you, I'm, I'm kind of back in a struggling place. And so I think maybe in 2019, I always say that was my year of humbling. And I think I went to She Speaks and I thought I've lost hundred pounds twice. That was my last time. I have it all under control. I'm never going to struggle with food again. And here I am, I'm struggling with food again. You know, I came out of it and I thought, oh, the scripture I thought I was so in on, I'm clearly misusing. So it was just like all these things. I feel like God was just wait, wait. And like, there's work to do on you still. There's work to do on properly teaching the word still. And then we can go forward from there. So yeah, I yeah. don't know the timing, but hopefully. Right. Mm-hmm. I, what I want to pull out of that and dig into a little bit yeah. more is this idea of, you know, when we think we're there, mm-hmm. right? So we're sort of yeah. like, we're there and Lord, I've learned so much. And, and then we, it, it's like, we've, we think we've hit the top of what we need to learn. And then God's like, no, hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. more. Um yeah. So how do you work through that? Because I think that's a challenge for, you know, Christian entrepreneurs in any case, like, you know, they really feel that they've been called to do something where it's speak or write or whatever it is, and and that they've overcome challenges in that. And then, boom, they come face to face with it again, and there's more to learn. So how do you sort of rectify that in your mind of, okay, Lord, but why is there more? And where do you want Mm -hmm. me to be? Mm -hmm. I love the concept of being a lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we can apply that. Like, you know, for me, I'm tangibly back in school. Like my desk is littered with textbooks. So I'm like physically learning school things. But like, you don't have to go back to college to continue to learn something new. And I think... I just am like obsessed with the fact that pride is the original sin and pride is the root of all of our sin struggles. And I think for all of us, like we might get to a place where we feel so secure and confident in the, what we've overcome or the message we have to share or how we like handle the word of God or whatever it is we're doing. And it's like in that overconfidence that, you know, there's a difference between confidence and pride and in our pride of like, Oh, I'll never fall again. Like that's when we start stumbling and that's the pride produces, you know, the ground for the enemy to come in and to tempt us in fresh ways. And, you know, what's funny is I had binge eating disorder, which is an actual eating disorder. And I have not done that since 2018. I still don't struggle in that same capacity. Like before, like when I gained all my weight, but like I've gotten back into just like mindless eating and um, like snacking and eating a second plate of dinner. And none of that is like, those were the same struggles I had, but it was just like, I thought I was so powerful because I overcame this eating disorder and that's great. And that's good. But my pride like was in the way and I didn't notice like, Oh yeah, I'll have ice cream after dinner. Oh yeah, I'll have ice cream. And I, so I slowly start eating it and gaining the weight back. And so I just really think we have to be so mindful of our pride and just constantly, constantly check ourselves and our, our motives for things like even in delivery, like, you know, even I've spoken and when you get up like, Oh, I'm so awesome. Cause I'm speaking like, no, we have to do everything we do like for the kingdom first and for God first and not because we're awesome because we're not. And when we yeah. think we are, we're going to find out we're not. Right. <laughs> so, I think yeah. it's so fascinating that 
in that, what's coming up for me is like in that moment where you're having that conversation about the book and you're like, yeah, I've overcome this. Like I, I want to teach people how to do this. Mm -hmm. And, and the no, and of course we'll never know this until we're in heaven. Right. But like the no, you know, comes back around and you're like, oh wait, but Mm -hmm. because I haven't fully overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I think that that speaks sometimes to our feeling of imposter syndrome, right? Like, yeah, well, sure. I think I've overcome it, but who am I to talk about this? And, but one of the things that I love about you and what you share online is you have vulnerably and bravely shared your stories about Wade and, um, you know, other things in your life. And it's like that, I feel that that helps people say, you know what, me too, or not, Mm -hmm. and not in the, like, I I don't mean in the me too way, but what I mean is then they can go, well, hold on a second. I'm feeling that. Mm -hmm. And, and I can relate to what Ashley's saying. So Mm -hmm. one of the things I know is your mission is really helping women understand that they can know God and they, Mm -hmm. that they're already equipped to know his word. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I love what you said about like authentically sharing. And I think that's so good. Just one, sure, like in entrepreneurship, but just as humans, as people, like it's so easy to say we're good, but if we can authentically share, like with the people around us, like our actual human people, like we see, and then with the internet, like I do think there's something to be said for that. And, you know, it's C.S. Lewis who says, that's the way you make a friend, right? Is like, oh, me too. Like, I, cause we're in this together. We all struggle and we all feel, you know, more, better together. Um, but yeah, my mission is just, I, I feel like, um, so much of what I see right now in the world. And honestly, like this was me too. Like I said, I was writing this devotional context or content. It was so inaccurate from what scripture is actually saying. I just feel like right now in our generation of women, like there's so much devotional content, there's so much like good things that are being said, but there's not a lot of meat And I feel like, you know, and we know this from She Speaks and Publishing and Writing, like they're always looking for new devotional books for women and um, resources for women that are just devotions. And there's more devotional books than Bible studies. And I just have a heart for women to move past that. Like, it's great if you come to know the Lord and you start with devotional books, but I just have this heart for you to move past that, to study the word of God, to come to know God. You know, I've grown up in Southern Baptist culture and um, people have strong feelings about that. I have strong feelings about it, but I'm here and I love it, you know? And I think that even in our church culture, we listen to our pastor and we listen to all these men teach us. And then to some level, you might feel like, oh, well, I don't know. I should go ask the pastor because he's a man. And so he can accurately handle the word of God. And that's just not true. Like God gave us all equal access to his word, to learn it, to discern it, you know, and to apply it to our lives. And I really want to see that in women. And I think, you know, marketing gives us all these devotions. There's so many more for women than there are for men, you know? And so I want to see women really step out of that and step into the word and become like hungry for the word of God more than anything else. And I think, you know, if we could do that, that's going to help us overcome a lot of our strongholds and a lot of what holds us back. But that's what I really want. What do you think stops us from digging into the word? Do you, do you think, think that, you know, is it sort of not a fear, but sort of a, I don't know that I really can understand the word and, mm-hmm. and 
how word gets how God's word gets taken out of context, right? To be on the plaque or the t-shirt or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what do you think sort of stops us as women from really turning to the actual word versus a mm-hmm. devotional or the pastor or what have you? Yeah, I'm going to be really honest and I'm going to say I think part of it is conditioning. Mm-hmm. I think that we are conditioned to, you know, even, even now with different church movements and, you know, some, we are seeing more women like take the stage on a Sunday morning and things like that. I think we're still conditioned, you know, from childhood to as little girls, like we have the pretty pink Bibles and we have like these like pink devotional books and there's nothing wrong with color pink. It's my favorite color, but from the time we're small, like everything is pretty and everything is like curated to, to, to serve us in this certain kind of way. And even now what we see on Instagram that's so popular is like these thought bubbles that are so pretty and lovely in graphic form. And then maybe the, the caption has a verse that supports the thought bubble, but that's what we gravitate to. And that's what we're getting, like giving all our likes to, you know, because it sounds really great, but we don't know if it might be in context or not. And I just think, you know, a lot of that is our conditioning. Like that's what we've been taught that we should go for. Um, marketing is so smart in that way, but I do, I think that, um, I would like to see women move past the conditioning and, um, onto that. And I like, again, you just don't have even our Bibles. Like I have a Bible with like a little bit of leaves. That's kind of pretty, but you look at what's out there today for women and it's like the really pretty stuff. Even the, um, she reads truth Bibles, you know, they have the one for women and they have the one for men. And a good friend of mine from seminary was talking about how frustrated she is because the men's has so much more theological content surrounding the books than the women's Bible does. And that's a ministry that was designed for women and I'm not knocking on them, but again, like that's marketing. And that was probably their publisher. That was just part of that too. And I just think, I just think we're conditioned as women in a way in society in America to not dig in the word as much. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it's so fascinating because when I accepted Christ in 2014, I had this insatiable hunger to know the word. Like, I don't want a devotional. Mm-hmm. I want to know the word. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like you said earlier, you know, we've, we've spent time in our life where we've taken scripture out of context and we've, mm-hmm. you know, quoted it in the wrong way or, you know, whatever. And, um, and I do think that God uses that. I think that he uses that to endear seekers mm-hmm. um, who don't know the Lord yet through us. And then he gives us this hunger. And uh, I, I love your mission because I think sometimes as women, we think, just like that example of the two different Bibles, you know, for men and women, we think, oh, well, I don't, I, I don't know that I can understand all that geographical or historical context. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know that I could really understand, like, wait, what do, what do these words mean? And, you know, it wasn't written in Hebrew. And what did that mean? And, but I think we underestimate that God, who God made us mm-hmm. to be. I mean, he made this incredible design of our brains to be physically renewed every single day and to be in his word to renew. I talk about um, that. I believe, and we're going to talk about MLM in just a second, um, that all the personal development in the world, the underlying foundation is the Bible. Like whether people believe that or not, but if you look at the concepts that's in most personal development books, like, you can trace that back to an actual command from the Lord, right? Or Mm -hmm. actual scripture and not that they're using scripture. So to me, it's like the Bible is the foundation. That's where I want to go and find the answers. And I think that sometimes it feels overwhelming for us. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. I love, love, love yeah. that that's your mission. Yeah. And just to speak to that real quick, because I remember there was like a second part of your question I didn't even get to, but it relates to that. Every now and again, I'll ask on Instagram, like, what holds you back? Like, why don't you study your Bible to the women? And a lot of times they'll say like, they're afraid to do it wrong or like it feels overwhelming. And I totally get that. And I think it can be intimidating when we have these conversations and I'm like, well, I was taking it out of context. And I thought, well, now I need to go to seminary. Like that's not everyone's path. And what you said is really good and true. Like the Holy Spirit can still do a work in a passage, even if it's taken out of context. Like I can't tell you how many people have Jeremiah 29, 11 in their house as their life verse, you know, for I know the plans I have for you is a great scripture. And we super take it out of context as a people in America, but that doesn't mean that how it hit you when you read it, when the Holy Spirit did a work isn't applicable. Like the Holy Spirit can still you know, he can still be in the scripture. He can still guide us to what we need to see. But then the next step is just like learning how to better understand the Bible and taking those next phases. But you shouldn't let that hold you back from reading the Bible. Just fear of being wrong, like get it wrong. You know, yesterday I did like a a message and I missed, I was literally reading the Bible. I said the wrong thing. I said, Moses had a stick off the ground instead of a staff, but like, it does like, I just stopped and I corrected it and we went on like, right. Nobody gets it perfect. Right. Like, we and just God start. doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. just, you know, he just wants to love you and he just wants to have that intimate relationship with you. And yeah. he just wants you to know him. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. Yeah. But it's all that pressure. Um, yeah. So I want to switch gears for a second because I know that you were in MLM and of course I yeah. have my, um, my health and wellness business with Arbon. What drew you to that? And then where did God step in and redirect you? Because I think sometimes we get into a business, whatever the business is, and then God, you know, is working to redirect us, but we can't, you know, we can't see it, right? Because we so badly want to achieve here. Um, and, And I think people need to know it's okay and that's part of the surrender, right? So tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that I lost a hundred pounds a second time. Um, and that ended in 2018 and kind of the back half of that weight, like, Oh, I think almost 60 pounds of it was with a popular fitness company that I did their MLM and they had a program, Um, And it was called like 80 day obsession and a girl I just had been friends with online for a long time. She was doing it. She had had some really good results. And I know from my own history that I tend to also yield really good results when I'm put into a really extreme diet format. Mm. Um, I just really do well in like a little box. I don't like this about myself, but it's, I just do. So I was really anxious to get off the rest of this weight and I wanted to lose it quickly. And I saw like this word obsession and I was like, okay, that means they're putting me in a box. It's going to work. So I did it. And you know, when you sign up for any, most MLM type things, they're like, well, if you're a distributor or a coach or a whatever, you know, you're going to get a discount. And you know, maybe if you're having results, people might want to buy from you too. And so at that point I was like 100% a stay at home mom. Like I had no ambitions outside of that, which is totally fine if that's where you are. Mm Um, but I was like, okay, why not? Like, I'll just sign up for the coach thing and see how it goes. Well, as predicted, I did really well with the weight loss. Um, and I lost, I think like 28 pounds in six weeks or something. And so it's real noticeable at that point. And I did, I did pretty good. I did good with that business. I actually grew in the business, like rank advanced really quickly. 
Um, I was really into it. Like after being a stay-at-home mom for so long, it, it was really life-giving for me to have developed something that I was doing, how I was contributing financially to some level to our family was exciting. Um, and then I started, um, the, the team I was on was comprised of mostly people in the LDS community. Mm-hmm. And so I quickly recognized that, you know, they were here for personal development and stuff like that. And that's great. But whenever I had people in my like groups, I wanted to focus more on Christian content. And so that's when I started making my own groups and I, and I wanted to have more of like devotional type content, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote the bones of that eating for freedom devotional set that orig- that later became that book proposal. Um, that's so out of context, like I said, so, but it was good. Like it was a good thing to write for me. It was fun to write. It It was fun to think of devotional concepts to help women like overcome, to talk about how I had been working with the Lord through the 80 day obsession thing prayerfully to overcome and stuff like that. So that was kind of my clientele was women who agreed that they had a weight problem. Um, A lot of them struggled with eating disorders like I did, and they really wanted the Lord to help them overcome. So it could be a more lasting change. And I loved that. It was really good. Um, And it was going pretty well, but um, then I went to like a retreat type thing for, um, for people who were doing well in the company. Um, and that was in the fall of 2018. So I hadn't been a coach very long. I'd been like six months a coach and I got to go on this retreat and I met so many people who were LDS and who were atheists and my team, which is, you know, like, but I was excited to have conversations with them because it was very clear that I was a Christian. You know, we had these differences of faith on the internet. We had talked about it some, and now here we are like face to face. We get to have these conversations and I learned a lot about the company that weekend. I learned a lot about how you can advance and accelerate in the, the company and what have you. But I will tell you, like every moment we weren't talking about that company, I was like talking to people about the differences in our faith or why did you leave your faith or why don't you believe in God? Or like, tell me more about what your LDS Bible says about this specific part of what our Bible says about this. So we can talk about it. And it was on and on like the whole weekend we had these conversations. And I remember getting to the airport and just feeling like overwhelmed because it was like the, the most I had shared the gospel or like even been around people, not in my church bubble in my whole life. I went to Christian school. I got, married young. We've always been in church, you know, so I was with these people who didn't share my faith and I had the opportunity all weekend. They were gracious to let me constantly talk about my faith. And, you know, when I'm sitting in the airport, I'm not like, how do I advance to next rank? How do I get more money? I was like, how do I, I hope I accurately handled the word of God. And I hope I made an impression on them. You know, that was what was consuming me. And I remember crying and just being really overwhelmed with that. Um, well, then a few weeks later, I was home and I was back in Oklahoma and just driving up the highway with my kids in the car after just a fun little day. And I feel like the Lord like pressed in on me and was like, you are still called to ministry. Because I mentioned earlier, I wanted to be in ministry. I wanted to work with teen girls with purity and those concepts and work with youth. But I had been sexually assaulted as a youth. And so I felt very disqualified from that, very much like, oh, now God can't use me. Um 
And I feel like the Lord was like, you are so called to ministry. Like the calling never went away. I thought it had, I thought I was disqualified, but it never did. And what I was doing was essentially ministry. There was income tied to it, but I was helping women. And my goal in helping them was, you know, to really get closer to God. And then I went on this corporate retreat and my goal in this corporate retreat was to try to lead people to Jesus, you know? And so it's like, and I almost feel like he was like, you can keep doing this and you can make money. Like you're, you're good at this. You can be successful or you're still called to ministry and you can do that for me. And so I wrestled through that. I can tell you, like, unfortunately for people who are my clients, I feel like I've apologized to people since that last part of 2018. Like I was definitely like, my heart was not in it anymore right. in the coaching right. world. And I, I mean, I was still wanting to talk about Jesus all the time, but like when it came to the diet stuff, I was like, oh yeah, that's part of it, I guess. You know, like I wasn't as here for that. And by January or by December, I was pretty sure like, I'm going to go ahead and quit that. And I'm going to start um, writing devotions. <laughs> we all come from Like I'm talking about, we start with devotions. I started with writing devotions, right, you know, right. I'm going to write devotions. I'm going to blog. I'm going to work on maybe some book kind of stuff. And I want to move forward in that ministry calling to write, to speak and to um, probably not youth girls now, but to, to help women overcome, like overcome strongholds and sin and um, hangups and these things. And that's kind of morphed into what I said. Like, I think the word is the foundation for all of that. So let's focus, focus there on that. Yeah. So that was really what it was for me. And honestly, looking back and I, I was kind of thinking about all this before we met today, I want to say like, there was a season where I do feel like it's such a fine line when you're a Christian and you're in business. Um, and you're talking about your faith. And I do feel like there was a season where God was a little bit of my marketing strategy. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think I detected that at the time. It's something I can look back and I can see, but I feel like if you utilize your faith in your business, you have to ask yourself regularly if you're talking about God out of an overflow of love for him, or if you're using him as a marketing tool. Wow. And if you like, I just thought of three questions you could ask yourself yesterday when I was thinking about this. And I, I was not asking myself these questions. And if I could go back and even now in ministry, cause you know, even in ministry, you can still make it about you. You can still make it about right. numbers and yep. not about God. Absolutely. Like, I think the best things to ask yourself, if you are running a Christian business, like, am I talking about God as much offline as I am online. So am I willing to share the Lord with people outside of like my marketing online with my faith? And then two, am I praying daily? Like, am I actually communicating with God or am I just talking about him? And then lastly, like, am I reading the word and spending time in the word? And like I said, maybe for some people that's devotionals, but I hope it could evolve <laughs> to the word of God. And if you're not doing those things, and I do think you have to really check your heart and ask am I in a relationship with God and I'm sharing, you know, what I'm sharing about him because of an overflow of that relationship, or am I just using him for marketing? And that's full with a confession that that was me. And <laughs> I think that's super easy to do. And it's what's hard in that balance. I think. I love that you, I, I love these questions, by the way, I just wrote them down. Mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the things that I love and that we sometimes overlook in business is that our business is one vehicle. And sometimes the Lord gives us that vehicle and that's supposed to be the vehicle. And sometimes he gives us that vehicle to learn about ourselves or to learn about others or to see, you know, to sort of crack open that other door uh, to something bigger that he has mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. And what is so amazing about what you shared is that, you know, coming 
to that realization that you spent most of the weekend talking about him. And in, in that moment, realizing like, hold on a second, like what, what am I really called to do? And then, you know, him, you really feeling him speaking to you that like ministry is not dead for you. Like you can, you can still do ministry. And I also want to just encourage the Christian entrepreneurs that maybe your business is ministry, Mm -hmm. but these three questions I think are beautiful, Ashley, to remind us where are we going and why are we going there? Mm -hmm. That it's so much bigger than us and that this is one vehicle. I like the way um, there's a group I follow on social media. She works his way. And in one of their courses, they said there are, we have two things that we're called to do, love people Mm -hmm. and make disciples. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. it, right? So your business is a vehicle or it Mm -hmm. can be a vehicle for that. And sometimes you get into that business and it's really just there for the season to take you to something bigger, just like devotionals were a season for you, right? And now, you know, digging even deeper into the word and and just digging into the word itself. I think it's just beautiful. Thanks. So beautiful. So the last thing as we, as we close this up, um, I have two questions for you. Um, The first question is describe Ashley in three words. Oh my gosh. Um, I would say joyful, crazy, and lots of talking. That's three words in itself. Chatterbox. Chatterbox. I like that. Um, okay. If you had one wise word to describe your hustle with heart journey to this point, what would that word be? Man, I think, man, I'm between two. Okay. Oh, man, can I say them both? You can say them both. <laughs> I would say, and it's just what we've talked about, either like one, humility. So like, mm-hmm. you know, check your heart for your humility. And two, motive, which is also check your heart. Check your heart for your motive. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? Um, and Lisa Whittle, I keep it here, says this, and this is good for ministry. Do I want people to le- love me or love God? And yeah. so I think that's, that in ministry now, that's my checkpoint. Like, am I being like, this is awesome news because I want you to think I'm awesome for Jesus or this is awesome news because Jesus is awesome. So I guess it's three words and it's check your heart and then all the other words can follow. I love that. And she's one of my favorites ever since we saw her at GC. I I Mm -hmm. just like, I can't get enough. Um, Well, Ashley, thank you so, so much. I, I feel like this has been such a divine conversation. I cannot wait to hear how the Holy spirit has moved. Uh, in people's lives and the message that they hear. Tell us where people can find you. Yeah, thank you. I am on Instagram the most and it's at Ashley Lorraine Taylor. Lorraine's weird. It's traditional Ashley, L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E, Taylor. And then I write, I was writing devotionals at at sheisfreemovement.co, but I've not been doing that as much lately. I have some good plans for that to take it more of a theological direction. Um, but so right now it's a little stagnant, but you can follow there and hopefully there's going to be more stuff soon. And then Facebook, it's the same stuff, Ashley Lorraine Taylor and sheisfreemovement.co. Love it. So. And guys, that will all be in the show notes. So you'll be able to find her and we'll have all that posted. Um, so thank you. This, it's been a beautiful conversation and I'm just honored and humbled to call you my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Welcome. Wow. 
an incredible conversation, right? Listen, I know we went long today, but there were so many pieces of that that you needed to hear that I just couldn't cut off the conversation. So I hope you appreciate and um, thank you for your patience that we went a little bit long, but tune in next time for our next episode. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the Hustle with Heart podcast. I pray that it brings you value as you build a business that honors God and serves his people. If you find it valuable, please leave a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. For all things Hustle with Heart, visit my website, erinharrigan.com, where you can connect with me about personalized coaching, find the podcast, as well as my new book, Pursuing Success God's Way, A Practical Guide to Hustle with Heart. Follow me on Facebook as the Hustle with Heart Coach or Instagram as Erin Harrigan Entrepreneur. I'm praying for you, friend, that your business will serve others in a greater capacity than you could ever imagine.